Hala hala hala. What's up? Welcome to Set Apart. I'm your host, Jamie Lynn Wallnow. I'm so glad that you stopped by to take a listen. This has made my heart come alive to just send encouragement and to interview amazing people who are set apart in their gifts, in their character for God to advance the kingdom of heaven. And I know that you are too, and I know that you're interested in doing this because you're listening in, and I hope that this encourages you and inspires you to do that. I'm doing another giveaway. I love giveaways. It's one of my love languages for a book called The Way of Holiness by Samuel Logan Bringle, as well as a prophetic art print, and a handwritten word from me to you. How do you enter your name into the drawing? Well, leave us a five-star rating and a written review with your name on it so that I can know how to announce your name next week in the giveaway when I draw the name. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope you enjoy this. I hope you're encouraged on Unwavering Faith, and I will connect with you next week. Okay, are you ready to talk about unwavering faith? I'm so excited. Who do you know in your life that's walking, that you've known, or even biblically, that has stood in such unwavering faith that it's inspired you? Some of the most inspiring stories to me are people who have stood in faith, and it's like, what did that take? What was that like? What was the journey like for them? What did they do, or what did they know that caused them to stand in such agreement with the word of God, no matter what came at them, towards them, against them. Let's think about this for a second. Noah, who built an ark? We're all aware of Noah and his story, okay? How crazy is it for this man to be building this giant ark and everybody to just think he's lost his mind, coming against him, accusing him, making fun of him, and then the flood comes and it happens. But because he knew the Lord and leaned into him, and was faithful because faith does require action to what the Lord said. um, He saw the promises of God. What about Job? Where Satan himself went before the Lord and asked to torment him. And the Lord said, he will never, you'll never have Job. You can't kill him, but watch my son loves me. And he did everything he could to try to get Job to be out of faith and to be an unbelief. And he found no unbelief in Job. Even when all his friends came up to him and were like, hey man, who's this God? Are you kidding me? Even with wounds all over him for nine months of torment, after nine months, everything was restored back to him twice the abundance of what he had before. After everything was taken to him, he was blessed abundantly beyond what he had before. What about Abraham? In Romans 4, 17 through 18, he's our example and father for in God's presence, he believed that God could raise the dead and call into being things that don't even exist yet. And against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at his word. And as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. <laughs> what about Esther? Oh my goodness, when people say, you're alive for such a time as this, do you know what kind of faith it takes to actually say that and know when you're saying you're alive for such a time as this, that it meant she could be dying so that all of her people could live. She's risking her entire life. Maybe I will live. Maybe they will be saved. I have faith in God knowing that if I lay my life before the Lord and I get my people to lay their lives before the Lord to submit and know that God is going to come out faithful, our lives can be saved. And they were. 
And the thing that's so brilliant and so beautiful and so unique about faith is it does require us to hear the word of God, whether it's written and we're standing for a family member to be saved or our household to be saved because we're saved and that's a promise in his word. Whether there's something going on in our company and it looks absolutely impossible, can it be saved? Can this happen? What has the Lord said? Because he says that those who love him, everything we put our hands to will be prosperous, abundantly and beyond. What about your marriage? What's going on in your marriage? Are you in faith knowing that the Lord will come in and restore the things that feel so broken and lost? What about your kids' lives? What about your friend's life? What about a family member's life? What is it that's going on that you're standing in faith for? The awesome, unique thing about this is that we all hear God. He's our shepherd and we are his sheep. And he says that my sheep know my voice. So you hear him. You love him. You hear him. If you're listening to this, I'm assuming that you know him because this is a Christian podcast. (laughs) But if you know how he speaks to you, That is the differentiator right there because he's speaking to all of us, but how does he speak to you? Because I've seen a lot of people who are walking in quote unquote faith and they are assuming that God means X, Y, Z when really God means something totally different that's not even in the alphabet. So it's like they know they're hearing the Lord, but the interpretation is a little off. And I want to say I've been guilty of these things myself. But growing in God and leaning into him helps produce perseverance and maturity and endurance that produces a crown of life on our head, which is in James, the book of James, which I absolutely love. So what what does this look like to stand in faith? I think one of the most important things is that we keep our eyes on the promise keeper rather than the promise. Because when your eyes are on the promise keeper, you know he's going to do it, right? And faith is knowing that What looks impossible and isn't yet a thing, it's going to happen because God's always saying yes. This woman today I was hearing preach, her name is Sandy Ross. She's amazing. A woman in San Antonio. It's like, I don't know how the world doesn't know her yet, but listen, she has a podcast. Her name is Sandy Ross. You've got to listen. Her sermons are crazy, 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 amazing fire. And she was saying, when God says yes, we say amen because God always says yes. And when we know that, all we have to do is say amen. We don't doubt it. We just stand knowing that he says yes to what's in his word and what he said to us. And Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Okay, so I have assurance in the things that I'm hoping for, even though I haven't yet seen them. I know what will happen. In 2 Corinthians 19 through 20, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, and Silas and Timothy was not yes and no, but in him it was always been a yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God, which goes with what Sandy Ross said. How amazing is it that God isn't like yes and no? No, he's yes. The things that he desires that are good and perfect from him. He is a yes. No matter how many promises he has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him we say amen. And without faith, in Hebrews eleven six, without faith it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. When you know how good, how happy, how radiant, how exquisite and lavish our father is you know he's going to reward you but I don't seek him because he's going to reward me I seek him because I absolutely love him he's so good he's so kind he is the best living being I've ever known in my life 
He's never disappointed me. And at the times I thought he was disappointing me, it's because I put my own expectations on what I thought should happen or what I thought needed to happen out of my selfish pride and ambition, right? Crazy. But he himself and what he has said, he has never let me down. Ever. It's a promise in his word that he rewards those who seek him. And when you fall in love with this man that we're seeking, you just know he's going to be good. So I thought one of the cool things that would be um, to discuss is something that I've noticed not just in my life, but in other people's lives that I've walked close with. So I won't use names and examples, but I feel like this is really cool to just know, like, how do I know if I'm holding on to a promise too tight? Because not only have I done it before in my life, but I've seen other people do it. And here are a list of things I just wanted to share where I see people are holding on to the promise tighter than the promise keeper. One is when we have our own expectations. When we put our own expectations on how we think it should be done. Or we expect God to do something. It's just more so how. Like we expect him to do it in this way. And then we get disappointed and we get frustrated. Or we can't see how he's actually doing it because we're expecting, expecting him to do it a certain way. Another is that we're staring at it and looking at the clock right? We're like staring at the promise. It becomes like this overwhelming, crazy thing. And we think it should happen at this certain time. And it's not that happened with me and Lance. I knew he was my husband before he ever even like thought of me as his future boo babe. And I knew that he was my husband. I'm telling you, I knew it as clear as my mind. And there were other things that had happened in the past where I wondered if people were my spouse, but this was so clear to me. I'm telling you, like I couldn't waver in it. But at the beginning, I just assumed that because I knew that, that I was ready, that it was going to happen, and I was looking at the clock. And it was so miserable, I'm telling you. Like, Lance wasn't miserable, but it was miserable internally for me to think that it should happen by a certain time. Because doctors will always give you a due date of when a baby's due, but God really has the perfect due date. And we think, oh, the baby's late, the baby's early. He's really not. She's really not. They're right on time. (laughs) All the doctors can do is tell you you're due around this time. It's not always accurate, right? So it's the same thing with God. What I love about it is like, okay, there's you just spoke a promise and this dream is developing and in the right time it will come forth. Shrinking back when somebody comes against it. Okay, I can't even tell you how many times, like think about Noah, think about Abraham, how old him and Sarah were about having a baby, like how crazy that must have been, what people must have said. How crazy it was for Esther to ever think that she could save a people group and run before the king, which normally would result in her dying or being killed because she couldn't do that. But she had faith and favor with the king because she had faith in our God. It's so beautiful to me to think that even in times when, do you know how many people, like how many promises I've had and people have doubted it, not seen it or believed it, but I didn't care because I really knew that God was good. And there are even, there are even really good godly people who haven't been praying, okay, who haven't been praying for you in your situation, who will give their opinion and they don't realize the weight of their opinion. And it sounds like it's from God and then it causes you to question what's going on. Sometimes I think this is great Especially, um, well, depending on where you're at, because depending on where your maturity is with the Lord and your journey of faith, because when people come in and question, oftentimes it allows you to see where you really stand. 
right? And I'm not saying like people coming in and questioning and you just being like, you don't understand and pushing them away. That's not healthy. Like I, I don't like it when I see that. There were people who questioned what I was saying and I would be like, wow, thank you. Whether I agreed with them or not, but I would always take it before the Lord and I would say, Lord, you heard this and you saw this and I respect and love this person. What do you say about this? And I wasn't asking God to tell me what I wanted to hear. And I wasn't letting people in on my life and my journey and these promises who would tell me what I wanted to hear. I told people and I walked close with people that I knew would hear the Lord and would share from that perspective, which I can talk about here in a little bit. But people will come against it. Another thing is that we're not willing to hear if we interpreted it wrong. Like I said earlier, we hear the Lord, but how are we, what is he actually saying? Because it's, I love, I love it. The, the Lord even said that believers would seek out the meaning of what Jesus said. And those who didn't care, wouldn't. Those who didn't know him wouldn't even seek it. So he speaks in these parables still today. Sometimes he's very literal. And, and sometimes he speaks in these parables so that we'll dive in and discover. Like dreams are so crazy and weird. If they always were literal, it would be insane. I'd be married to like 50 different people. I'd be like, it's crazy. But there's a parable behind what he's saying. Marriage represents something. The person's name might mean something that he's talking to you about. That might be him. That might be something he wants to do in that person's life. Like we have to dig into the Holy Spirit and, and press in and say, what do you mean by this? So when these, when these moments come up, like what will you do when the promise is te- uh, tested? In Romans 8, 6, it says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And oftentimes I believe the enemy will come in. He comes in to steal, kill, and destroy. And he wants to steal the word that God spoke in you. Sandy Ross was talking about that. Today when I heard a sermon, she said, The first thing the enemy will do is come in and try to steal the word that God gave to you. So the mind that's governed by the flesh is death, right? If we're, if we're governing, our, there's so many people who are trying to figure out how is this promise going to come to pass? What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And it really does. You're making it about you and what you can do in the, in the natural, which always leads to death, okay? But the mind that's governed by the spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you going to do? Will you reveal to me what to do? Is life and peace. The mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. How, how amazing is that to be in a crazy situation, which my husband and I are technically in, standing for other people and that we're in ourselves. But we're, we're governed by life and peace because we've seen him be so faithful. We know he's going to come in. Even if it's the 11th hour, we're ready. We're listening. The enemy's going to test our mind in many different ways, right? Because people won't see it. People won't agree. It may not look like it's possible at all. We may make the excuse that others' free will is too involved. We may get slandered by other people. Someone makes a harsh comment to you and has no idea. Your expectations are not being met. It's not happening the way you want it to. There's so many things that can come in, right? Okay. I'm sure we've all gone through this in some way or another. But some of the things I want to address is people may not see it and people may not agree, which is cool. Okay. And there, like I was saying earlier, I really want to encourage you I want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit who to share it with if you're even supposed to. But we should always be going to God first. He should be the one we go to first. Even before my husband, I go to the Lord first. And then I share with my husband what's on my heart. And then I will ask Holy Spirit, do you want me to let anybody else into this process in this prayer? 
and he'll reveal to me who it is. And it's always surprising, right? Because there's some people who are good, who just, who just give their opinion because they see it from their perspective and they don't see the history. They don't see the journey. They don't know what God has said because they either haven't asked him or they haven't taken the time to hear, or that's just not where they need. That's not who they need to be in your life right then. And so that is always great fuel to the fire for me when people don't see it because it causes me to, to say, okay, God, what are you saying? Am I hearing you? And I think humility is really important in these moments, okay? Because there's a lot of people who have so much pride and so much, I've, and once I, like, hear me out, I've probably done all of these things at some point or another. So much pride that they know they heard God and they're not willing to be wrong. So if it doesn't happen, they blame the situation or they blame somebody that was a part of it. But I heard Patricia King say this from the stage a few years ago and it shook me to my core. And she said, don't you ever, ever say that somebody's free. If the Lord tells you something about somebody that your family member will be saved, something, right? And it involves other people. Don't you ever say that that person's free will would hinder them from God's promise or it makes him a liar. Because he will never say something to you that's not a complete yes. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Okay, it's crazy though because you might be thinking, okay, yeah, but this didn't happen and that didn't happen. Hear me out. Hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. I'll be real. When Lance and I were dating, I had this encounter with the Lord. Encounter with the Lord meaning I had this time with God. It was really incredible. It was really amazing. And I knew I had to break up with Lance, right? And I didn't know if I'd be getting him back. Okay. I was convinced that Lance's, the reason why Lance and I weren't going to get married was because of Lance's free will. And when I heard Patricia say this, I was like, whoa. And it took me back to the drawing board. I remember walking outside after I heard her say this. Because first of all, I will say, you can't always believe what people say from the pulpit. And even what I share now, like you can't just take it and be like, this is the truth. You need to find out why and how and why you believe what you believe so that you aren't just repeating information that you've heard, right? But I went outside and I was like, God, I feel like... I really feel your heart in this and I want to repent and I want to apologize to you for ever blaming Lance for us not getting married, right? And I was just like, if this is your will and this is what you want, I know you'll breathe on it because I had already laid Lance down and in my mind to be able to move forward, I laid Lance down on the altar and I saw him turn to ash and I know that's kind of graphic for some people, but for me, it was the representing the promise of marrying Lance, because I had been confirmed and confirmed and confirmed to me. But how I knew it was pure is that I was always willing to be wrong. I was ready to be wrong. I was ready to be corrected. I wanted to hear the Father's heart in it because I know he doesn't always tell everybody who their spouse is, which is a whole other topic in itself. But for me, I I knew that the only way that Lance and I would ever get married is if the Lord breathed on it and Lance came forward. There was nothing I could do. It was something God was going to have to breathe on. And from the ashes of the sacrifice and what I laid down, God would breathe on it and he would bring Lance back where it would be somebody else. That's what, that's how I saw it. But I remember as Patricia was talking about somebody's free will, she was talking about a family member who was not yet saved. And in the word of God, it says, if you are saved, then you and your household shall be saved. And so she stood and she waited and she treated a family member like they were saved for years and years. I'm talking years. And towards the end of their life, they gave their life to Jesus. But she stood in faith knowing that God had promised her in the word. Okay, that's in the word. That's not like a prophetic word, okay? That's in our Bible. That when we're saved, our household will be saved. So if you are standing in this place and you're like, oh, it's just never going to happen. They're never going to choose him. 
Okay? Here's the deal. You can stand for them and say, Lord, I believe that you're going to come in and that they will be saved. I believe you're going to be the light that brings them in to see you and to walk with you and become the fullness of who you created them to be. Like we can stand for people like that in her household. I've been seeing it in my family in crazy, crazy ways. It's amazing what's going on in our family together. Our hearts are coming alive. God's taking us deeper because he showed us we were going to go deeper and we were all going to be all in, right? And so you don't move until you see the full word completed, right? Crazy. Okay, so what I love about that is what does that mean? What have you heard? Like, is it somebody's free will that's coming against it? Are you standing in faith? Are you leaning into him? Or are, do you think maybe God was saying something else? Or do you think you need to stand in a way that like, you know that you know it's going to happen and you need to build faith? Because faith can only come by hearing the word of God. Whether it's written, whether it's by hearing this podcast to encourage you and say, if God has said it, he will do it. Whatever that looks like. We have to stand. And in 1 Corinthians 2.14, it says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. We must lean into the Holy Spirit to know what He is saying. And people who don't know the Holy Spirit will think what you're doing is foolish. They won't understand because they don't have the discernment through the Holy Spirit. But you do. That's why in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So even when you don't understand, even when it looks crazy, even when it looks like, I don't know what's going to happen, in all your ways acknowledge him and God will make your path straight. I love the book of James because it talks about perseverance and developing maturity Oh my goodness, can I ever tell you how many times I have been in a season where I just needed to read that over and over again. I knew that what I was going through would produce endurance, perseverance, which would develop maturity in my life and in my heart, which would allow me to withstand and celebrate and take on the promise that was coming. Lance and I got married exactly when we needed to get married. Okay, it was a four and a half year journey, which may not sound long for Lance and I, but it was longer for me because I knew a year before we started dating that Lance was my husband. Okay, that seems like an eternity when you're a single woman, okay, and you feel like you heard the Lord. So anybody out there, can I get a yes and amen? But now that I know what I know and that I went through what I went through for five and a half years of persevering and developing maturity, I am so grateful that Lance and I got married when we did. I'm so grateful that Lance got the Jamie Lynn that he got And that he didn't get the one that was three years, four years, five years earlier, or even a year earlier. But like during this time when God speaks a word, it it gives you the opportunity to say, okay, God, what can I do to prepare to take that thing on, to hold it, to cherish it? God, will you reveal to me how to be strengthened? Will you reveal to me, will you show me how to pray? Teach me how to pray, how to celebrate. Even now when I don't see it, Holy Spirit, is our helper that Jesus sent. Holy Spirit, will you show me, will you help me know how to endure this thing? I want to take it on with full maturity. I want to know you in the journey because when you are with God truly in his presence, there is fullness of joy, okay? Fullness of joy. And I love it in in Proverbs, it says that when we seek a spirit of wisdom, that the, the spirit of wisdom gives us joy at the doorstep of God while we wait on the Lord to answer. Isn't that awesome? I love it. And 
In James 2, it mentions that faith has works and our actions are a reflection of our faith, right? So when you know God is good, you have peace and you have life. When you're in faith, you have peace and you have life. You're not like, listen, I cried so many times because I didn't understand. I was a big baby. There were so many times when I cried in different areas of promises when I was younger. I'm like, now I'm like, okay, we have some big decisions that Lance and I are making right now, but all I know to do is just stand and rejoice because God is always faithful. He has never not revealed what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it right? Because what I build, I say this all the time, what I build on my own, I have to maintain. But whatever God built, what I, whatever I build with God, what he builds, what doors he opens, he's the one that keeps them open. He's the one, like, that's eternal lasting fruit when God is in it. And I love it. So one of the big questions you have to ask yourself is, what is it that God has said to me? What is it that he said in his word? What is it that he's spoken to you, right? And how are you feeling about it? Like, what's going on? Have you given yourself an internal barometer? How are you doing? Have you been diving in the word? Have you been declaring the word and reminding your soul? In Psalm 62, 5, it says, Yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him. So for you to declare over your soul and remind your soul and rest in the natural your mind, will, and emotions, okay? This is renewing of your mind, which I do daily. For us to do this is for us to find rest and for us to enjoy this journey. In John 15, 7, it says, If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Okay, let's back up here. Such branches, if you do not remain in me, and you are like a branch that's thrown away and withers, such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Okay, how many times have we taken our eyes off the Lord, and we just, it felt like all hell broke loose, right? We're in the fire, we're getting burned. Hello, I've been guilty of it. It is not fun. (laughs) And there's still moments where I'm like, no, I'm not taking my eyes off God. I'm not going to go through that. I've done that before. It was not fun. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And what I love about that is that when you are in God, you can't help but ask for his like perfect will. And even things that you just want, he just gives because you're in him and you just don't want selfish things. You want things that like are fully from him and his perfect will, like You ask differently. You pray differently. You're probably praying for other people more than yourself when you're in him, okay? (laughs) That's another thing about a promise is don't hold on to it so tight that you're like praying for yourself. God, me, 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 like the dog, uh, not the dogs, (laughs) the birds from Finding Nemo. They're like, mine, 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 mine. Like, I've gone through seasons where my prayer life has sounded like that. Mine, mine, mine. And <laughs> like, there's so much more going on. But the moment I, I put my eyes on him and I say, God, you're faithful. You're good. I love you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing that. Thank you that you're kind. Thank you that it's your kindness that leads me to repentance, not your anger. Thank you, God, that that's the kind of God that you are. And you just begin to remind yourself how good he is. All of the worries start lifting because like you're reminding your soul how good God is. And that's where rest, peace, and life are found. This is all for his glory that we would bear fruit, showing ourselves to be his disciples. Okay, so all that we do is for his glory on this earth to radiate the goodness of God. 
one of the things I wanted to ask is, what does it look like to be surrendered? Like, what does it really look like? And so I just wanted to encourage you with this. Like, first of all, I have to say that I really believe in you. And I believe if you've heard the Lord, you have heard the Lord and you need to stand there. But in the place of standing there, there's a surrender and humility of like, God, I want to know that I heard you as I'm growing in God, which we always are. Thank you, Lord. I love finding ways that I have more room to grow in God. Because when I, when I find out I have more room to grow in him, that means I have more room to look like him. That means I become a stronger, more kind, more loving person. But what does it look like to be surrendered in the journey of faith? What does it look like to lay it on the altar? I'm telling you, when you, I want to read this to you guys. This is so crazy. This is the book that I'm doing a giveaway for this week. It's called The Way of Holiness by Samuel Logan Bringle. It is so short and tiny, but it is a book that I could read forever, over and over again. So powerful. To keep the blessing, you must keep all upon the altar. What you have given to the Lord, you must not take back. You gave all to get the blessing, and you must continue to give all to keep it. My all is on the altar, I'll take it back no more. Must be your motto and your song. The devil will try to get you to come down from the cross. The world will allure you. The flesh will cry out against you. Your friends may weep over you, or frown upon you, or tease and torment, or threaten you. Some of your camarade come come okay. Lord help me. Some of your people will criticize you and doubt you, but you must stick to Jesus and take nothing back that you have given to him. There's usefulness and peace and God's smile and a crown and a kingdom before you, but only condemnation and ruin and hell behind. I know that's really intense. <laughs> but I love that picture. What are you carrying? Are you carrying? Is there something that God has promised you? Because when you take it before him and you lay it on the altar and you let the altar, the sacrifice, that sacrificial fire burn it. If it was meant to be yours, it will come back. It doesn't mean you're out of faith. It just means I'm not going to hold on to this God. I'm not going to let this stir me. I'm not going to let it bother me. I'm not going to be in unbelief. unbelief. I'm not going to be in worry. I want to lay this down. And you lay it down until you know you see it there. And you put it on the altar. And you watch it turn to ash. Okay, this is so extreme. But like what's going on in your business? Because you can't change it. He can give you a blueprint to change it. But you can't figure it out on your own. Like you need God. I need God. So if we can lay it down on the altar, watch it turn to ash, and trust that when he breathes on it in its right time, that it will be what it was always meant to be all along. That encourages me. It's so peaceful. I even feel peace right now. It causes me to pray, to walk in prayer, a prayer, a, a lifestyle of prayer, where I'm communing with him in my heart, in my mind. I'm praying for people out loud, but I'm also listening to him. I'm taking the time to listen to him because prayer is relationship with him. And when I'm in a friendship, I don't talk the whole time. I listen because I care about what the other person says, but I can't hear them if I'm not taking time to listen. So I listen to the Lord because I want to know what he says. I worship and I remind him of how much I love him. And when I'm telling God how much I love him, because it is all about him, there's such a peace that washes over me in my life. I love reading the word. I love reading the word. The Lord, the Lord showed me one time just my heart. It was important to water it with the spirit 
and to feed it with the word. And I love, I love it because my heart always comes alive. And before I'm like, Holy Spirit, will you show me your love? Will you show me my God? Will you show us our God? Will you show me? Would you reveal the Son? Would you reveal the Father? Would you reveal yourself to me in this word? My heart comes alive. Another way that I know a lot of people really love is fasting, which I'll do a podcast about fasting sometime. But to just fast causes you to be completely undistracted, you know, like turn your phone off and just give up your favorite foods if that's how you need to start for a few days, however long. Ask the Holy Spirit. I think it sh- I think your fast should always be led by the Holy Spirit. You hear him. You know your shepherd's voice, okay? It's, it may look different for everybody. There's all different kinds of fasts you can do, but don't do something just because it's easy and get by. A fast requires sacrifice in a season. But when you lay that down, all the distractions start to go. And after a few days of being in it, oftentimes, a few days if it's an extended one, then you just start feeling that peace and he starts revealing things to you and you get to start praying his heart and rejoicing in the topic that you're fasting for breakthrough in or for somebody else and it's just so beautiful and it's so pure and it's so powerful and another thing i encourage you to do is declare the word of god declare the word of god into your situation speak it out remind your soul remind the atmosphere that you're in how good and how big your god is like caleb and joshua came back and everybody else was reporting how huge the giants were and caleb and joshua were like okay but look how big our god is this is what our god can do that is who you are that is who i am we're like joshua and caleb that remind our situations how big our god is and don't let the situation overcome the joy that is set before you. The joy in the conversation to the person that's checking you out at the grocery store that you could encourage. The joy in the person sitting next to you at work or whoever you may, whoever you may come across today or tomorrow, whenever it may be. Just to rejoice in the Lord and to not let the promise be louder than the promise keeper. He's such a faithful God. So if you're listening in, I just want to pray over you and declare the goodness of God. Lord, I thank you that we are called to walk in faith, that the things that are not yet seen are going to happen because your word is yes and amen. You were not yes and no, Jesus, but it was always yes for you. No matter how many promises you've made, they're always yes yes in you, Jesus. And all we get to do is say amen and we rejoice and we just declare that as you say yes, we'll say amen. Like Sandy Ross said, as the Lord says yes, we just say amen and that we would embrace the rest and life and joy and peace today, trusting in you and everything. And I declare breakthrough over every situation of every person who tunes into this. I declare breakthrough in your relationships. I declare breakthrough in your business in our government here in America, you may be fasting and praying for that. That You may have heard a promise for other people, which I love. I love that. And I just declare yes and amen with you that God is going to come through. Lord, I just thank you for our families. I thank you, God, God that our families are going to be prosperous, that our families are going to know you because you're faithful and good God. Holy Spirit, you're our helper, and we ask you to help reveal to us areas that we can surrender and lay on the altar, that we would enjoy this life, that it would be an adventure to be with you and run and and do life with you, Holy One. We love you so much, and I thank you, and I just, I declare that everyone who's listening in, that there will be a breakthrough this week in your situation, and that you will be encouraged to walk with God in this situation. 
Guys, I thank you so, so much. This week I'm doing a giveaway for those who repost the podcast, who write a written review, who give it a five-star rating. Please, oh please, I would love to get this out. And I know I'm growing and I'd love to hear from you. Who do you want me to interview? Who do you want to hear? What topics do you want me to st- to talk on or interview people on? Because this is important. We need to, to run together. And I hope that this makes you feel connected to the body of Christ. I hope you feel like I'm your friend because it does feel like I'm talking to my friends every time I get on here. Thank you so much for supporting this. I do love you. I care about you. And I care about us being completely full. Every area that's empty, that it would be full, that we would walk. Because you are made and I am made to be set apart in everything that we put our hands to. Every sphere of influence that we touch. And this week I'm doing a giveaway, The Way of Holiness by Samuel Logan Bringle. And it's an amazing book. And I'm going to mail it to somebody next week. And I'll announce it at the beginning of the podcast um, who wins. But thank you for the five-star rating for the written review your name will be in the drawing to win this book so love you guys bless you you are a faith-filled man you are a faith-filled woman let's be set apart